What would you think if I told you that an animal that doesn't exist just went extinct? I could tell you its name, but that might end up confusing you even more. I showed my friends a picture and asked them what they were looking at. That's a mountain lion. That's a panther. That's a cougar. That's a puma. That's called a catamount. All these names refer to the same animal, so it probably wouldn't surprise you to hear that the cougar holds the Guinness World Record for animal with the greatest number of names. Cougars once roamed the entire United States. Upon the arrival of settlers, cougar numbers began to decline due to overhunting, which happened in part due to a demand for fur, but also to human fears about coexistence with a large predator. Laws designed to encourage cougar hunting came about early. In 1684, the state of Connecticut offered a 20-shilling bounty for every slain cougar. By 1742, Massachusetts had enacted a similar bounty, and by 1858, there were no more cougars in Massachusetts. Many other states on the East Coast and Midwest functionally eradicated cougar populations in this period. The last known cougar in Ohio was killed in 1845, in Illinois in 1855, in Iowa in 1867, in Vermont 1881, in New York 1908, and in Maine, and officially the rest of the East Coast, 1938. If you live on the East Coast, you've probably never seen a cougar in the wild, so it might surprise you that the Eastern Cougar only just went extinct on January 22, 2018. So what gives? Why is an animal that nobody has seen since the 1930s just being declared extinct now? The Eastern Cougar is called the Eastern Cougar because biologists consider it to be its own unique subspecies. The term subspecies refers to a category that ranks below species, usually a fairly permanent and geographically isolated race. Confused? Don't be. A subspecies just refers to a population of animals with slightly different genetics to suit their particular habitat. Scientists notice differences in things like color and size between cougar populations and names them accordingly. There's just one problem. They were completely wrong. It turns out that all cougars are genetically the same, which means that the eastern cougar never really existed in the first place. But scientists' observations about the varying characteristics of cougars weren't false. So how can two animals with exactly the same DNA look noticeably different? The answer is a thing called specialization. In biology, specialization means an adaptation to suit a particular way of life. This explains how a cougar in, say, New Mexico tends to look lighter in color than one in northern Montana. So even though there aren't any cougars on the east coast, there are stable and in many cases thriving cougar populations in the western United States, which are genetically identical to the long-gone cougars of the east. Sounds like a happy ending, right? Well, not exactly. While people on the East Coast aren't seeing cougars, there is one animal you seemingly can't avoid. The white-tailed deer. Once critically endangered, the white-tailed deer is in such abundance that it's throwing off the ecosystem it lives in. In Pennsylvania, plant biologists are seeing a loss of biodiversity in areas overgrazed by deer. A 10-year study by the U.S. Forest Service in Warren, PA, a town situated along the Allegheny National Forest, found that as deer densities increased, tree species declined. A loss of forest land is hugely dangerous because it can lead to a cycle of erosion and runoff, which hurts the environment and can even displace people. This is why something like forest biodiversity is so important. In the Poconos, near where the eastern corner of Pennsylvania meets New York, foresters blame whitetails for halting the regeneration of oak forests and reducing most native shrubs and wildflowers. In southern Maine, biologists are worried that the deer they are sampling are sporting smaller skeletal structures and lower fat reserves, and are producing fewer young than their healthier counterparts. In addition, an increase in Lyme disease and ticks in deer catches the attention of scientists. Yes, their numbers are thriving, but these animals are sick. 
Worse yet is that these sick deer are more likely to contract ailments such as epizootic hemorrhage disease, which causes loss of fear of humans, uncontrollable nasal discharge, excessive salivation, and extensive skin hemorrhaging, often resulting in death. And while rarely fatal to them, this disease can be transmitted to livestock. Aside from that, deer are public nuisance. Other than eating people's gardens, deer lead to about 200 deaths and $1.1 billion in damage annually. And while they are rare, deer attacks aren't unheard of. My little sister was out walking our poodle, and well, I'll let her tell you. One time I was walking Rudy, and he ran after a fawn in the yard down the hill. And I called for him, but he wouldn't come. And as he chased after the fawn, its mother charged at him and rolled him down the hill. Um, But he got right back up and just ran back to me and seemed unfazed. That attack happened just outside Pittsburgh in Pennsylvania a state where the last known cougar was killed in 1887 or 1891, depending on who you ask. The point is that the absence of cougars is partly to blame for the troublesome deer populations. Without natural predators like cougars and wolves, both long gone from the East Coast, deer have been able to take over. Coyotes and bears do help with the deer problem, but they're both opportunistic feeders and will often go for easier meals. So, can something be done? The problem might be resolving itself. Cougars once only existed in high numbers west of the Rocky Mountains, but that is slowly changing. Recent findings suggest that cougars from the west are moving eastward, and far-roaming males have been seen as far as Michigan. In one extreme case, a roaming male cougar from South Dakota was killed on a highway in Connecticut. Out west, cougars are thriving, but it wasn't always this way. By the 1960s, Oregon's cougar population had fallen to just 200 animals. In 1961, just 21 cougars were turned in for the bounty program, which following the 61 season was promptly shut down due to a lack of animals. In the state of Oregon, the bounty program led to the killing of 6,762 cougars between 1918 and 1961. In 1962, Washington rescinds its bounty program. California and Montana do the same in 63, and Colorado follows suit in 65. In response to growing concerns about the shrinking population, many states in this time period came to classify cougars as game animals, which opened the door for state-sanctioned protection and management. Then, in 1966, unsung friend of the environment, President Richard Nixon, signed off on the Endangered Species Preservation Act, which almost immediately began benefiting Floridian cougars, which were designated endangered the following year. Then, in the 1990s, cougar numbers enjoyed a boost thanks to laws banning or restricting hunting, which popped up in California, Oregon, and Washington. Cougars out west are a great comeback story, and they owe their thanks in large part to state and federal protection. Every state with cougar populations has some kind of protection in place, except for Texas, where cougars are considered varmint and are legal to kill by any means. This reveals an important issue. The Midwestern and Eastern states that cougars are coming back to don't have any legislation in place to protect the big cats. This might seem small, but people will kill these animals with extreme prejudice. For example, a Cedar Rapids hunter named Raymond Goebbels Jr. killed the first verified mountain lion to be seen in the state of Iowa since 1867. Mr. Goebbels nonchalantly remarked that the animal was going to die anyways, apparently unconcerned with how he might have set back rebounding cougar populations. Because the state of Iowa doesn't even recognize cougars as part of their wildlife, no law prevented this killing, and Goebbels faced zero consequences. If the hope is that cougars return to the East Coast and control the deer population, legislation must be installed in tandem with cougar arrival. And the hope that cougars come back and save us from the deer isn't as pie in the sky as it might sound. There's viable cougar habitat all along the eastern seaboard including the vast majority of the states of Maine, New Hampshire, Vermont, and West Virginia, with significant portions existing in Pennsylvania and New York as well. 
Declaring the Eastern Cougar extinct, even if it never existed, opens the door for reintroduction bolstered by legislation. Recognizing that the animals moving east are indigenous and not encroaching on the vacant habitat of a long-dead cousin is crucial for making a case for their support. And we should be happy to welcome these animals back to their historic habitats. They might just help us untangle the mess we've made there.